Hey, welcome back to the 423 Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chattagooner. Hey, and this is Todd, the great footballer. So, Todd, quick episode tonight. Well, it won't be quick because, of course, I have an interview that I did with Richard Dixon, and I can't do – I can't talk to anybody for, you know, for less than 30 minutes, it seems like. So, um, it helps It helps when you have somebody as, as great as, as Richard to talk to. So, we'll do that a little bit later. But we got some other things to talk about. Uh, we had a game with fans the other day. Yeah, that was quite an How experience. How was that? And, and by, can I just say, like, it was really nice to just be out and sit in the just bask in the warm sunshine and no rain. Yeah, what was that? I mean, is it is it? Can we really consider it a CFC match if it didn't rain at all? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, that's. I guess that's probably. Why it was a friendly? Yeah, it was a friendly. Yeah, it didn't count. So we, you know, we have to. It'll it'll probably pour on Tuesday mm-hmm. now that now that we're talking. So now it, it was outstanding. I yes. thought I thought that everything was handled well. Well, just from stadium operations to uh, uh, just the environment and everything. We had uh, what did we end up having like seventeen hundred. Yeah, seventeen hundred something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I you know I, I think that's a that's a reasonable crowd for for what it was. Uh, so I thought it was good. Everybody seemed really excited. I know that. Yeah, it it was good. And the match was, it was a pretty good match to watch. Um, had some decent goals, had, uh, you know, the, the bad guys ended up with one more than us, but, uh, so let's just get into it. What, what did you think about the lineup? Do you remember the lineup? Do I remember the lineup? You know, that's always a, a fair question with me. If I remember the lineup, um, you had to refresh uh, my memory on the formation, but I, I know my first thing was uh, I looked and I saw D'Amico was in goal, and that kind of then I started scanning the sideline uh, for Alec, and I didn't see him on the sideline. And then I glanced up behind me and I see uh, Alec uh, with a uh, probably a, a quadri of other players uh, that were that had injuries as well. So that prompted me to go up and speak with him, and, and you'll hear part of that uh, coming up. But, uh, yeah, so he, he was injured. So uh, I guess we can't read anything into who's our starting keeper yet until we right. roll out on Tuesday night. Right. Uh, looking, at the back, looking at the back line, of course, it was uh, comforting to see Spillman anchoring uh, that back line again. He's always – I mean, he proved last year to be a, a, a force in the middle of that, uh, that back line and uh, dependable, so it was nice to see him there. Uh, and then we had uh, – what was it? Kostik on the left side? Yeah, Kostic on the left, Woodfin on the right, and Russell yeah, and Russell and Dixon completed the three at the back. Okay, uh, so which we had seen, I, I think we'd seen some combination of that last year with Russell and Dixon. I think um, didn't we see that back three combination last year? Probably, yeah, because Woodfin played a lot, um, and then but Dixon played some outside. Uh, but yeah, I think right. we saw that. I think we saw that. And then we had the new guy. We had one of the new guys, Tate, at the six with uh, Juan and Hofstetter. Hofstetter. I said Hofstetter. Is it Hofstetter? Hofstetter. Yeah. So uh, There's no L. Yeah, right. So he, so Juan and Hofstetter uh, completed the 
kind of the midfield and then uh Bement and um uh the new guy, Marcus. Nagelstad, something like that? Nagelstad. Nagelstad, Nagelstad yeah. Nagelstad. I just yeah. wrote down nags. Is that bad? I have nags on my notes. I don't know. On my notes. It may not I, be bad, but it's definitely lazy. Yeah. I wrote nags and then I um down for uh for for him. So yeah, it was a it was a three five two. I think we're gonna see that again. Um I think we changed late in the match. I don't remember. I don't know if I have I don't know if I have it in my notes. Uh but maybe we stayed in three the whole way. I can't I can't remember. But it was a three five two to start. And I believe we yeah, and, stayed and I, in the three. I thought, I thought we did. I thought we did fairly well in the, in the first half. Uh, I mean, I think they had, and this is probably true for the whole match. I think they had uh, most of the possession, uh, but I didn't feel like we were getting run off the field with uh, possession. I, I, I mean, you know, you can. We don't know, or at least I don't know. I didn't keep stats. It felt like a 55-45 possession, and I felt like our possession was dangerous when we did have it. So I felt pretty good about that. You're talking about the first half or the entire game? The first half. Oh, first yeah, half yeah. Yeah I, I agree, yeah, I agree with you there. We, we, uh, the table tilted in the second half. Yes, it did. It did. And then later in the game it went, the more it tilted. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the first half it was a uh, – we played really well. And, you know, we got a really good look at our new left winger, well, not winger, wing back, um, and Kasek. And when he, it was the 11th minute when he made a, a, a great run down the left, cut the ball across. It was a really nice cross, um, to Hofstetter and he put we it We actually away. seen him, we actually seen him do that a couple of times. Yes. Uh, maybe even, maybe even three or four times. I think once he, he realized that, that he was going to be able to, uh, beat his defender uh, for speed, and once he saw that, I mean, I felt that he had him in his back pocket all day. But Oof, yeah. I think once he realized that, then uh, it was there to be exploited. And I, I thought he done a pretty good job of that. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a Nisa right back's um, nightmare. I mean, I you know, I just uh, he was all over the place uh, while he was on. He did go out in the 78th minute with a the pretty nasty challenge. Um, Hopefully he'll be okay. But so yeah, the fir- the first half ended one nil. I you know I can't remember. I can't remember. I wrote. Uh, you got the goal for us, Hofstetter. Hofstetter got the goal. Did Hofstetter and, have the goal for us? Yes, he yeah. did in the eleventh minute. Yeah, he polished. I mean, he took he took his chance. He finished it well. Uh, but you know we can't we can't gloss over the uh, the the sitter that uh, Bement missed. Yeah. Uh, that could have put us up uh, two to nothing. I mean, here, here's the thing: is like, yeah, we end up losing the game three to two, but it's not because we didn't have our, you know, chances to convert. Uh, and I think that's one of those things you, you got to look at. And you know, maybe we just didn't have our shooting boots on or, or whatever. And God, I know he wants that back. And uh, you know, he it just it just popped up for him, and it was right there on his left foot. And man, I could feel the breeze off that thing where I was sitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't, I can't, with. I can't find when that happened. Oh, here it is. I, I, yeah. know, I know it was in it was in the first half. It was in the first half. It was it was right near it was in I have it in the forty fifth minute. So it's right at the end of the half where again I have another Man, how, how I mean think about how that would have changed things yeah. going up two to nothing at half. Yeah. Um it would have changed probably a lot of things. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, at the end of the day it's still a friendly and uh, I'm gonna say he was just his balance and equilibrium was thrown off by the uh uh splint he was wearing on his left wrist. 
<laughs> like, my question is, have yeah. we ever seen Brian Bement play without some sort of splint, whether it be on a knee, a wrist, an ankle, uh, anywhere? I mean, yeah, I, I don't can't know. He's recall a, war- a time. He's a warrior. I feel like he's got one of those guys, like if he comes off the field at the end of the game and he's not bleeding a little bit, then he probably didn't have a good game. Well, and I saw him in the second half with a lot of ice wrapped on that hamstring. I don't know if you saw that. So hopefully that's not – hopefully that was just a precaution because he went out at halftime. Uh, he, he he went out and McGrath, McGrath came in for the second half. Hoff moved up to forward. McGrath again took, took Hoff's spot in the uh, in the midfield at the 10. So – so at so at halftime we were in agreement. We felt pretty good about how we had uh, our lineup and how we had performed. Yeah, because I, you know when I think about it, I don't think I do not believe now. I did not keep track of. I did not do a good job of keeping track of shots, but I only have. Well, that's not that's not going to cut it. That's not going <laughs> to cut it come Tuesday night. I oh well, that's true. I only have one. I only have three shots for Louisville in the first 45 and maybe, maybe two or three shots for us. So um, they did not create a whole lot. I have, I have in my notes that they dominated the first about 10 to 15 minutes and then it really leveled out uh, for the remainder of that first half to the point where I would, I would agree that I would be willing to bet it was closer to, you know, maybe Louisville had the, the nudge on possession, but it wasn't much. Like you said, what, 55, 45. That's probably, that's probably, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the first half I was feeling very good and it was very clear by how the second half went that Louisville's coach was not happy with, uh, and the team was not happy. Well, on that note, let's, uh, let's cut to uh, our first interview with Alec Reddington. I caught up with him uh, at halftime and here's what he had to say. Hey, this is Todd from the 423 Soccer Podcast. We're at halftime here of CFC in Louisville City. Uh, unfortunately, I got, I got Alec Reddington up here in the stands viewing. Uh, he's got an injury. He's on the mend. Uh, how you doing today, Alec? I'm doing great. Hey, so what were your feelings on the first half? We got CFC up one nothing. Uh, just give me your kind of overall feelings. Uh, I'm really pleased with it. Um, scoring a goal early is always good for us. Um, we love to see that. Um, the guys in the back look really sharp and um, looking really good up top as well so I think all around we're looking pretty good defensively so I'm happy with it what did coach Fuller what, what were the kind of the objectives he gave uh, for uh, today's game for you guys um, our plan was just come out to win um, that was the main goal like we need to win this game put a show on for the fans and just have a fun time when we're playing so there's some strategic things that we put in there as well but um, as a being on the injured roster I don't really get that intel but um, the guys they had a set plan and seems like it's worked out with one goal up so speaking of coming out and impressing the fans what's it like to be back out here having fans in the stands and not to mention this absolutely gorgeous weather i thought even though i saw there was like zero percent chance of rain i still thought there was a chance yeah you know you never know in chattanooga weather it could rain when it's a fully sunday so but um I'm really happy with. Uh, sorry, I missed. I missed that first part of the question. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's just how do you, how do you, how do you feel? How do you feel about having the fans back oh, out yeah. here? Uh, I love the fans. These um, they always bring a different atmosphere, and we love playing with these guys in front of us. They kind of boost our emotion and all the stuff that we do when we play. So I'm really happy to see all the, a big turnout. So I'm really happy to see it. 
All right, thanks a lot. Once again, that's Alec Reddington uh, giving us a little uh, halftime point of view from the stands. Not where he'd want to be, but, uh, <laughs> but he'll be back with us soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, thanks for uh, Alec uh, touching in. He was sitting right up behind me, and like I said, there were about four or five players that were up there that were all a little bit wounded but thought they'd be ready to go uh, uh, come the first game of the bubble tournament. And uh, Once again, thanks to Alec for taking a second with us to, to talk about uh, the first half. So going into the second half, uh, do you recall there being a bunch of changes or, or check your notes there? So, again, I, they, I think we, we rolled out the same. No, McGrath, McGrath came in. McGrath came McGrath. in. Bimmett, oh, okay. um, yeah, Bimmett went out. Oh, yes. McGrath did come in. Can we talk about the position that McGrath played when he came in? Okay. I didn't. What, what, what did he play? Well, he was on the right. Like, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I didn't notice this. Like what do you mean he was part, on the... he, Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was playing on the right side, uh-huh. and he, he wasn't in the middle. It just, I, I didn't like it at all. And I, maybe it's just because I've only seen him playing like either. I mean, I feel like he's either a number nine or a, uh, a false you know, nine, or even like what? What's that? I mean, he's more like a false nine when he plays centrally. Yeah, like I was saying, either 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 a nine or a false nine, or but putting him on the right or left. I mean. And like I said, he was on the right. I, I didn't like it at all. I just don't feel like he's a player whose attributes are best suited to run up and down uh, the right side. And I just remember kind of looking. I was like, ew. You know, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. But I will tell you this. I'm looking through my second half notes. You know what? I did not write his name down once. Well, that should be indicative of where he was playing and how productive he was. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I did not <laughs> <laughs> I did not write his name down now that I'm looking at it once. That's probably not good. So, so yeah, so that was the only change at halftime. So, yeah, I mean, I, they, they, then they, they really kind of. Oh, they, they cranked, they, they turned it up. Yeah, they, they did. They turned it up in the, in the second half. Yeah. Cause uh, I, cause I, I've I got mean, them. It was, it, there were, there were several periods where I was just like, geez, we have got to get the ball out of our defensive third. I mean, it's it's fine to have good good defensive play, but mm-hmm. you can't like just hang out in your defensive third for just you know five five six seven minutes at a time and just do relentless defending. Yeah, eventually, you're going to crack, and, and you know something's going to fall or something's going to go wrong, and and eventually that that's what happened. Uh, it, it was just uh, one of those things that. After a long enough period of time, like one of those shots were, were going to go was going to go in, and, and you know that's when they uh, they tied it up. Uh, I believe their first one. Let's see, correct me if I'm wrong, but their first one didn't it come from the left side? Their uh, um yes. Well, it was a their first one was a corner that their first goal somewhere. <laughs> was, yeah, I can't even remember, yeah, we're, the, too, we're too far removed. Yeah, so that was it the sixty. Notes. Was their first goal in the sixty-sixth minute? It looks like I don't see. Yeah, so the first goal was the sixty-sixth minute. What I have is it was a a, a Louisville City corner, going from um, our right to left. Uh, they kicked they kicked it deep, headed. It was headed across. It was headed back, and then it was a sh- it was like a sharp headed. It was a quick header back, and then it was headed in. Um, so it was, it was a long, a long corner that got headed back across goal and then in, um, so like, I think that the guy who scored it was at the six, in the six yard box. I don't think, um, I don't think Phil had, had any chance 
uh, of doing anything. With no, it. that was the one thing I, I did take notice of. All three, all three goals for them. I, I, Danico really didn't have a. There was nothing that he could have done to really prevent the goal. It was them. You know, it wasn't a goalkeeper error by any stretch. Uh, it, I would chalk those. You know, most of those goals up to uh, not clearing your lines and not, or basically just hanging out too long in your defensive third and not getting your foot on the ball and relieving pressure. Because, like I said, like I mean, any quality team, and let's not forget, we were playing a quality team. Yeah. Uh, in the USL, they they finished in the top of the league the last you know three years. You know whether they won it or not, but they were still in the top of the league. Yep. There's no doubt they're one of the best teams in the championship. I think they've been to like three or four straight champion like championship games before the 2020 season so yeah they're i mean they're right they're one of the class of the of the championship there's there's no doubt right so you're not gonna let a quality side just hang out down there and uh, you're gonna get punished and so that to me that's kind of like what happened with with all well two of the three goals you know the yeah one goal was just and and if you watch that and I, i watched it several times i don't even think the guy ever even looks up at the goal I think he knows where he's at, and he just the last one. It. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the winner. Yeah, yeah. I well, yeah, uh, I yeah. yeah. It was uh, yeah, because I I did not see what happened with the second goal. I know you. I know you. You asked. Um, I think in the in the after in after the uh, the game, you went back to Reddington. We'll listen to that in a second. But I think you asked him if you thought it was deflected. I I don't know what happened with it. I. I because I, I, I was looking, I was writing something down, of course, and I looked up and the ball was in the back of the net. So I, I missed this. I missed their second goal. I don't. I don't really know what happened there. So, well, uh, but but you know, it's like it, it, it's like it's, it's gonna it's gonna happen if you hang out down there in your defensive third all day long. But yeah, the, the, the guy's third goal. It was just it, it was kind of a worldy and and you know Jeremy Jeremy said he was familiar with that player and said that he's seen him actually do that on more than one occasion. Uh, score, you know, goals from distance. So, yeah. Uh, but we come back before that. B- before that happens, we came back yeah, and almost yeah. immediately, and want you know, one with a, a little bit of individual, you know, brilliance with a nice, uh, with a nice uh, shot up in the upper corner, that to pull us level in the seventy fourth minute. But yeah, uh, that was a well, that was a well taken goal, and it, it, it was. was almost one of those just. Uh, uh, one man taking on every, every. It kind of felt like he was just so determined to score that goal. If you watch him, and then when he lashes it, like he gets all of it and about tears the back out of the net. Yeah, uh, it, it was nice. It was it was really nice to see. Uh, you know, we don't see one score a lot of goals, uh, but that one was definitely emphatic, and uh, he put his foot through it. Yep. And uh, I believe you know that's uh, Dixon was then subbed off. I don't I don't have exactly what minute that was. Um... And then uh, Kasich went down. I think it was right after. Uh, it was a, a Louisville corner. I don't. I don't remember what happened. I remembered it being a. a I remember it being kind of a, a tough challenge. I, I. But I. I may be misremembering. So he went down. He was subbed off. Then Pipe came in and Nags. I have Nags out. I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep that. So he went at. He went. Pipe came in. Then Topher came in to replace uh Kassik. so Topher was playing left wing I don't remember Topher playing left wing <laughs> at all um I wrote down formation question mark when I saw Topher come in because I did I had no idea who was going to be playing in the back and then I realized wait a minute he is playing left wing uh and then four minutes later 
their, you know, we've already talked about their goal, which all I have here is LC goal and a good one. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Yeah. In, in well, my is one of those. You're not, I mean, yeah. you're, you're not going to do anything about that goal. I, I think I remember just watching D'Amico, watching it fly over his right shoulder. <laughs> just like, whatever. And then three minutes later, this is what I wrote in the 86th minute. Friendly just got a little less friendly. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. What the heck? What, well, did, you, what did you see? I, you know, I just saw Juan on the ground with one of their players, and it did look like their legs were a little tangled. And the next thing I know, like, the guy's throwing the ball at Juan. Right. And I'm like, okay. And then I just see the mass of humanity. And then I see Spielman coming like, uh, out of, a bat out of all hell. the way up from uh, his center back position, yeah, and and then and then I seen that people start. Then I seen some uh, people start clearing out when they saw that that guy coming in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so all I remember is there was a coming together, and both guys went to the ground. I remember when the when they when the ref pointed that it was a foul against one. I I didn't I didn't understand why it was a foul against one. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was a little surprised that it was a foul uh that they called the foul on us. Then then I see them I see the legs get tangled. And then the next thing I know, their guy is just going absolutely nuts. And he throws then you said like he said you throw the, he throws the ball down and then, you know, stuff happens. I mean, it didn't last very long. Well, and, and Juan, uh, to be fair, Juan clarified on uh, social media like what happened, and and I think it's a, and, and I think we should believe his his assessment of what happened. But I mean, what we can't do is assess like the other player's interpretation of what you know he saw. Juan right. says that he did like when their legs were tangled up, he pulled his leg out of the tanglement like aggressively. aggressively. Yep. Right. Yes. So he says that he didn't kick out; he pulled his leg back. Yeah. So that's a very big difference, in, in my opinion. Well, and uh, I think, but you know, the ref didn't see it. Right. And all he may have seen was Juan's leg move quickly and think that that he kicked out. And I mean, it was a bad call. The AR didn't help anything. He was right there. He could. He should have seen everything. And but I think the AR. I think the AR is the one that made the call. Because doesn't was it? because because uh, I, I think the ref call. the ref like just put his hands out and said, just chill out. And then he went over and talked to the AR and then came back with a, well, again, and I was writing stuff down. And so I missed it. I missed him actually show the red. I heard the crowd reaction and I heard, I saw Juan walking off. Yeah. So I thought, okay, he must've been, he must've been given a red. But I thought for surely, I thought surely though, when he showed Juan red, that he was going to show the other player red as well. Yeah. Because I didn't see anything that was so egregious right. that one alone should be punished. I thought, okay, he's just going to send both players off because things got a little out of control and he don't really know what happened. So, But, yeah. you know, that's not what he did. Right, but then, I don't know, maybe a minute or two minutes later, we sub somebody on to go back to 11. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we, we, sub, we subbed somebody on. We ended the game with 11 players on the pitch. So I don't – Remind me again how that's possible. Well, I mean, it's a friendly, so I would assume maybe coach asked the Louisville City coach, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine." Now, I, I don't know if you, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you interpret that as maybe Louisville didn't think it was a red, and they were like, "Whatever," or they just said, "They just said this is a well, friendly." You know what? What I'm, I'm kind of a, well, yeah, and, and I guess, uh, I mean, you got to clear it with the with the referee, I guess, as well. 
uh, or maybe they can override and say, hey, this is a friendly, this is what we're going to do. And yeah, you just I think call so. Yeah, I think in the friendly, I think if both coaches go to the ref and say, let's let's just play 11-11, I think the ref's going to be like, all right, whatever. I mean, you know, it's not a league yeah. match. It's not a, you know, it's it's a friendly. So, right, right. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if that meant, you know, if that meant Louisville didn't didn't really think it was a red or what. I don't know. I mean, initially what I, what I thought was, because I didn't see, because, again, I, I had my head down. So I didn't see the red. I was like, did we just sub one off because we just need, you know, because things were getting heated and we just, we just need, we just need a one to chill out. But no, that's, that's not, and he was clearly given a red and then we subbed somebody on for whatever reason. It was only for like the basically stoppage time. Uh, and that's when, um, another, I think it was another one of the, um, another one of the trialists came on for like the, for just for the, uh, uh, for the stoppage time, we did have a couple of trialists. We had we had that guy come on, and I ca- I can't read my writing, so I can't remember his name. So I apologize to him. And then earlier on, we did have a forward come on, um, and uh, Amoy, I don't remember his last name. Uh, so he came on, and I don't know it. I don't know if it really is a good sign that if you come on as a trialist and your first action is receiving a yellow card. So. <laughs> Always making impression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that that's that was the best, but um, so yeah, it ends three two. It ends with you know a little spice right there near the end of the match, uh, and um, it was a good day out. And I mean, it was it was fun to be yeah. back in the stadium with some fans. It was, you know, you know how I am about drums. I'm not the biggest fan of 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 drums, but hey, it was good to it was good to hear at least something from, from the Chattahooligans and, you know, it was, it was nice weather yeah. and, and yeah. So I, I bought two, Hello? I bought two shirts. I bought two of the Fort Finley shirts, you know, with the, with the diagram on them and I laid them down next to my seat and I walked off and left them. So, uh, whoever got two free, uh, Fort Finley shirts, you're welcome. And, um, so wow. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was how my. Well, I actually bought a Fort Finley shirt myself, and yeah. I went with the medium, and I should have went with a large. So I got to take it back and uh, yeah. get David to exchange it out for me. But I love those shirts; they're really yeah. cool. Well, I bought uh, I bought speaking two, of the two end of, of the match. We, we also uh, uh, I got back with Alec at the end of the game and uh, just asked him what his overall thoughts were about things and having fans back at Finley. Uh, let's see what he had to say. All right, we're back here in the 90th minute. We're into stoppage time. Uh, score is right now three to two. Uh, Louisville City leading on uh, what can kind of be described as a uh, uh, a really class goal taken uh, to put CFC down three two. But we're gonna catch up with Alec uh, after watching the game here. What are your thoughts on the second half and the game as a whole? Um, I really liked it personally. Um, getting two goals in one game is pretty good for us right now. So uh, I'm really happy to see that Juan scored. But um, I think defensively we looked really sharp all around. Um, attacking the attacking play started to look a lot better than the past two games, so everything's starting to click. So we like to see that before the season starts. Uh, from your vantage point, I did the uh, second Louisville goal. Was that an own goal, or did you get a good look at it? Um, from my point of view, I think it was like a second phase um, deflection from their team going in. Um, but uh, it was a good second play ball by them. But um, I think it was lucky to them. Good work on their part. So. 
And of course, we had the bust up right here at the end of the game. Uh, Juan looked a little unlucky to be sent off in that. And I, it was my opinion, it looked like they should have had a player sent off too. But uh, what, what was your view on that? Um, it got my blood boiling a little bit. Uh, I was excited to see that. But um, when you go through one of us, you go through all of us. So I think it was good to see that all the guys backed up Juan there to support him. But um, I think the other guy should have gotten it right as well. But Yeah, it was nice to see Spielman make about a 45-yard run and come out of nowhere to take up for Juan. Always nice to see you guys uh, have each other's back. Uh, so now how, how long is it now to uh, our first game? Um, game's on the 13th. Today's the 3rd, so we got 10 days. All right. How do you feel like uh, CFC's looking uh, moving into the bubble? I think we're looking pretty good. The attacking is starting to come in. The goals are starting to flow in. And defensively, we look sound. So I'm excited for uh, what's to come. All right. Thanks a lot, Alec. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And once again, a big thank you to Alec for taking some time to uh, chat with me at halftime and at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of going back to what uh, Alex said, it is just nice to have fans back out. And the weather was sensational. And it sounds like based on – Based on what he said, the expectation was, I mean, we, we didn't win the game, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, everybody got out there. Uh, it didn't look like there were any significant injuries, and I felt like we were playing to win the game. Uh, so I didn't feel – it didn't have an – I didn't feel like it had an overtly friendly feel, like it didn't matter. I felt CFC uh, really came out and, and tried to tried to win the game. Um and you know, as far as injuries go, uh, Alex, you know, he thinks he's going to be he's going to be back uh, and ready for Tuesday. But I didn't see any significant injuries for CFC uh, versus Louisville. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Dixon came off the field, uh, in, you know, in the second half, and I thought it would and it didn't appear to be a uh, an injury. I think he went down and was stretching a little bit, so yeah. maybe just a cramp, and they got him off for precaution. Yeah, he yeah he tell he tells me he I talk about it a little bit in the interview we're gonna hear later and he um he, he said it was a quad that was kind of acting up on him it was affecting his knee and he felt like hey just you know I just want to you know he just so he was precautionary to to go out again I like I said I saw you know Brian with some ice on his hamstring which is fairly typical it may not mean anything it may just mean that he felt the tightening up and well so he, uh, you know you mentioned he he got subbed off at the half. Yeah. And, and I remember him getting so about that, but I also remember him running sprints at the end of the uh, behind the goal yeah. uh, in the second half, almost like fitness sprints. So I, I'm not so sure it, it was probably precautionary. And yeah, to, he probably to felt it tightening. down yeah. in him. He probably felt a little tightening. It was like, you know, let's just don't, you don't need to worry. You don't need to, um, you don't need to really push it in a friendly. So um, get a little ice on it and get off your feet and, and prepare for, for Tuesday. And then I don't know. I don't know really what happened with uh, Kasich. We'll have to see. I mean, he was he was laboring on one leg I mean, when when he walked off. But again, those things can be you know those things may be able to to get a little treatment and be okay for Tuesday. So hopefully. Um, yeah, I think it's still an important thing to point out that even even after all the preseason training and the three games, I think most of these guys would probably say they're still not one hundred percent match. Oh yeah. Yet. I mean, when, yeah. when, when players talk about match fitness, I mean, they really are talking about, and in most professional leagues, it doesn't really happen until, you know, they've at least been through like four or five like regular season games and they really start getting into that rhythm of playing the game, rehabbing and, and from a game and then kind of going through that whole ritual that, that they do. 
so uh, you know, if we see these guys getting subbed off in like the 60th minute, which we, I think most of us consider a little bit early, or even you know sometime in the 50th minute, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be too surprising for me. I think these guys are, in the, even in the bubble term, I, I think we'll see it. Um, I think they're going to err on the side of caution with their fitness. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to remember it's still a friendly, which means you know they're not going to take a whole lot of chances. They're they're not. I mean, yeah. as as competitive as the match may be, they are not going at a hundred percent. I mean, they're just not. I mean, they're not going to go. They're not going to go full blooded into a challenge. They're going to be jumping out uh, of challenge because it's it's a friendly. It's it's um it's it's not a it's not a scrimmage and just a practice. I mean, it's a little bit more than that. But you know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be running around throwing their bodies around like they will be on Tuesday. Um, that's because that's when it that's when those matches really count. So. And, and and you and I, well, we're about to get into that. Uh, so anything else to, to add about that match? No, it was just cool. It was just nice to be back in the stadium. It was nice to, to have some people there on a, on a day that it was just, I mean, it was perfect weather. It was just, it was, it was just nice. So that's it all. It was, and, and uh, hats off to the merch booth. Uh, it looked, uh, the, the merch area looked sensational. Uh, uh, David has done a great job with that space, and uh, it looked like it was firing on all cylinders. I'm sure there's things that he would probably tell you it wasn't, but from uh, from an outsider's perspective, <laughs> it, it, the place looked great. And yeah. uh, and if you, if you didn't make it down there and, and go in, make sure you do that uh, Tuesday night when you uh, go to the game because uh, it's really got a nice setup and a, and a lot of great stuff. He was wound tight, Todd. I, I went I went in I think at halftime to to pick up the shirts and. He was just all over the place, and you know, I said, "Hey," and he looked at me, and I was like, "Okay, I, I'm gonna," you, you know, it's the first game. He's he's got all he kinds of things. He had his game face on, so I was like, "I'm gonna let you get back to it," right. and and so he he went off and was was taking care of uh, of stuff. And oh, you know what? We didn't mention in our notes here, and we've got to talk about. There were two empty spaces in his merch area. One said for a future. Uh, home jersey and another one said for a future home keeper jersey so we got to talk about that when we come you know in a little bit okay but you know when we okay. maybe when we maybe after after the dixon interview we can come back and, and talk for just a just a uh, a couple of minutes jersey talk yeah about about jersey talk but next you know we talked you uh you talked a little bit about um you know having to having to really give it all or i maybe i said this uh uh, when on Tuesday and it, we really have to give it all on Tuesday because of the format of this tournament. What, what are your thoughts on, on Tuesday and in our first match against LA? Well, I hope everybody is as many players as possible are fit because, uh, I mean, you and I, we work the numbers and pretty much if you don't at least draw this first game, uh, if you lose it, it it's done. I mean, it would be, matter of fact, I don't think we figured out a way you could lose a match and still advance. But anyway, so you pretty much have to get a draw to this first match. And, uh, you know, based on last year, we're, we're saying that LA is definitely the more difficult of the two, uh, tasks between, uh, them and New Amsterdam. Although we, we know in the last one, we believe that New Amsterdam is going to be vastly improved and there's not going to be a pushover. But still, I think you've got to put every, you got to, I think you said it. I mean, it's a knockout match, essentially, Tuesday night. So uh, that'll basically – that match will determine uh, probably 90% of, of what happens uh, moving forward. 
Yeah, I so I think, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, Todd, what there may be a way if everybody goes one and one. Like if we if we lose to LA, but we beat New Amsterdam and New Amsterdam beats LA and we all have we're all on three points, then I don't know what the hell happens. <laughs> so we go to one of one of twenty seven tiebreakers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe what maybe what we'll do like we'll do the old fashioned uh, MLS shootout for the tiebreaker. We'll just bring everybody out. We'll bring everybody out and and we'll do we'll do like best of three or something. I don't know. It's probably a what fun- crossbar challenge. Was crossbar challenge? Crossbar on challenge. There? I don't think crossbar challenge was in there. Um, yeah, so okay. it it'll be. It'll, I mean, there'll be a coin involved. I bet if, if that happens, um, and so. Let's just put it this way. It is incredibly hard if you lose a match to advance. And you're definitely not going to advance straight to the championship, uh, the final. You're probably going to – the best you're going to do is advance to the semifinal match. So all, all of that to say um, Tuesday is huge for both teams. And you know that L.A.'s got something for us because of the game in the fall. So – you you know that they want they want a piece of us too, so I, that really lines it up. I mean, I think it's going to be um it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I and and we you know um uh, I talked a little bit about this with Richard Dixon and and said you know he he brought up that last year there he we were talking about the preseason. He said last year's preseason were were just matches against amateur teams, and then we went into we went into the uh, stars match, and I think he said, and then we got punched in the face. Like they weren't the the game, the speed of the game went up. You know, the they hadn't, they may have not prepared as well as they thought they had, and they went in and they got smacked in the face. You can't do that this time, and and I think that's one reason why we we this preseason was had two championship teams and an MLS team uh, to really. So that the speed of the game is is immediately quick, even though they're friendlies. The speed of the game was much faster than it would have been last year. So hopefully that gets the guys ready, um, you know, for 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 Tuesday night. No, I think it's a, it's definitely a good change uh, in in preparation, and I, and I don't know if so much like those games last year they weren't necessarily supposed to be for preparation, right? If you think about it. I mean, they ended up being that way because of COVID, but, I mean, those those independent cup tournaments weren't supposed to be uh, warm-ups, and I guess we should be thankful we at least had those uh, yeah. moving into the bubble tournament. So, But, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, based on last year's result, and, and if you remember that, if you've been watching the documentary, uh, CFC came out on the, the better end of that in the, uh, in the bubble tournament game against the Force, but uh, also the Force went down a player, uh, thanks to a uh, an elbow on Zeka, and uh, that allowed the you know CFC to to have a man advantage. Although we we talked about there were large portions of that second half that he, it would look like that uh, <laughs> yeah. that CFC was down a man. Yeah. So you yeah. know, uh, yeah, I think they'll definitely have a LA force will definitely if you know if their roster hasn't changed very much, will definitely they'll definitely be playing with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. So uh, it. And, and not to not to mention, like it, it, they all understand the gravity of the first game and advancing in this tournament. So uh, I think uh, everybody's approaching both games like it's a knockout game, 
Uh, and I think that's, I think you're going to end up seeing some, uh, it may not turn out to be the prettiest games, but I think they're going to be uh, highly entertaining. Well, I think day one is intense. Day one is going to be intense. I can't remember the first match of the tournament, but I know the second match is Detroit and uh, Cal United. And then the third match is CFC in LA. And you got to think that second and third match are, you know, could go a long way in determining those two groups. So, I mean, it's. Oh, yeah. You got, well, you got to think that, that between those four teams that you just mentioned, that if you, if I was a betting man, I would say the winner of this tournament comes from those four teams. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's, a, that's, uh, close to a, a hundred percent on that one. So the, oh, I mean, so the, been I see. Surprised before, but. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll come from either uh, L.A., Cal United, um, Chattanooga, Detroit. Yeah. So the first match is uh, Stars versus 1904. So I don't know what to think about that. Which, which once again, well, I, once again, I'm very intrigued. I'm just, uh, as, as Poppy would say, D.C., very intrigued. <laughs> um, and anything involved, yeah, anything involving uh, um, 1904, because we didn't see them last year, and uh, see like what an improved New Amsterdam looks like. I'm I'm really uh, excited to see those guys, and uh, I, so I think I think there's a lot of excitement. Yep. So and then once again, Stumptown. We have no idea. Yeah, and we'll find out pretty quick Friday Friday at noon because they go up against Detroit and the on day on the day two of the tournament on Friday the at noon they it's it's Detroit City and Stumptown so that'll. We'll get, so we'll, what are the game times? The game times are always the same, aren't they? I'll say it like 12, yeah. 4, and 8. Noon, 5, okay. and 8. You were close. Noon, 5, and 8. Okay. Yeah, noon, 5, and 8. So you got to get home early and watch the 5 and the 8 o'clock game because those are, at least on Tuesday, those are. Noon, 5, and 7 would have worked out a lot better for me, if I'm being honest. Yeah. 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 Or noon, noon, 3. And 6. Yeah, noon, 3, and 7 would have worked out. Yeah, six even more. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, I get up at three fifty to go to work, so I'm not exactly uh, crazy about uh, a game where I get home at eleven thirty at night. So. so what you're saying is Tuesday night you're not going to want to do a post match rant after the game. <laughs> well, you call me, and you'll get a rant. It won't be yeah. about the game. Oh, that will be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just be thirty minutes be- of of Todd cussing me. Um, for waking him up, I, I mean that. No, I'll take that ringer off real fast. That might. That might. Uh, do, do I do? Does it say anything if if your phone number is blocked by somebody else? Does it say your phone number has been blocked? Because that's why. That's what I anticipate hearing on Tuesday night, just in case I call. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you'll hear. So yeah, anything about the, anything else about the tournament? I will say, um, I got a, a call from the club and. I can't speak for the Tuesday noon the any of the noon games for that for either any of the noon games I can't speak for them but for the five and the eight o'clock games and then for all of the games on the on the all of the games after the group so all of the games on Thursday and the championship game yours truly will be doing stats for BN for the BN broadcast so 
if you've got um, look at you you've got international i know i've got i know i don't think i'm going to get any credit You're for an it. international statistician yeah exactly but i'm going to get a fancy headset and i'll be talking to the i'll be talking to the guys who are i think in kansas city i think that's where they call the games from but or yeah i don't know i don't, th- I don't know if they're going to be in chattanooga or if they're going to do what they did uh, that they did in the fall like they the guys were calling from kansas city even though the matches were in detroit so yeah yeah so if you've got complaints about the noon games that's not me if you well, got i mean i'd say they'll probably be in chattanooga i mean there's a reason they didn't go to detroit so but i expect them to fully be in chattanooga you can't miss an opportunity to come to the nuga and all that the Phoenix city has yeah, to offer maybe maybe so so yeah I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it um so hopefully i won't mess it up too badly um so that's that's the tournament, and I guess let's just. Uh, I did talk to, I did talk. Well, anything anything before I throw it to the interview I did with uh, Richard Dixon? No, and uh, just to preface the uh, uh, the listeners, I do not participate in this uh, interview just because, uh, uh, as you might expect, uh, uh, Richard's got a, a very busy schedule, and we'd be trying. We had been trying to line up this interview, and just we couldn't make it work, and so uh, when. Uh, Jim and and Richard's schedules lined up. I told them just to fly solo, and uh, so uh, I'm I have not heard the interview, uh, and I'll probably hear it when you guys hear it. Well, uh, with that with that, I, let me just throw it to uh, Richard. I was happy to to connect with him and talk a little bit about his uh, his journey to Chattanooga, uh, what the first season was like for him. We shared a little bit. He shared a little bit about the the you know with the club's response and the team's response to the social justice issues that occurred during the summer and the fall and then we get into it and talk a little bit about what his thoughts were about the friendlies that we talked about and what's what he thinks uh we're headed for in the spring tournament so uh we'll be right back after my interview with richard dixon Next on the podcast, we are really privileged to have Richard Dixon from the Chattanooga Football Club on to talk a little bit about uh, his journey to Chattanooga, what he experienced last fall, and a little bit about his new role with a NISA initiative, their their committee on diversity. I believe that's what it's called, but Richard will tell me if I am wrong. Uh, Richard, thanks for for you know, coming onto the podcast, and I hope things are doing well in your household. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Things are well. Um, you know, we've had a long, hard preseason, but we're finally at the tail end of it and looking to, to kick off the season coming up soon. But yeah, thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, you know, folks know probably, you know, a lot of your background, but just a quick overview of, you know, how you, how you got to Chattanooga and how you ended up with uh, CFC. Yeah, so just a little quick overview about um, myself. I'm from Jamaica, born and raised, moved to the U.S. to finish high school in South Florida um, at the age of 16. And then I continued to play college college soccer down at the University of West Florida, which is where I went. I met uh, Coach Elliott and uh, played all four years there and graduated in 2013. And I've been playing around the U.S. ever since. I've I've uh, played six years in the USL Championship, um, a year in League One, which was my first season, uh, first year in Chattanooga uh, with the guys on the other side uh, before I decided to come over and, um, you know, just 
just join forces with some some like-minded people, um, you know, some people and, and, and great friends that I know, like, and trust. And the more that I got to, to, to know the people that are involved in the club, the, the board members, the, the, the fans, and the owners and everything like that, it just made it so much more easier for me and my family to stay here and to continue our journey um, to grow and as a family and to grow and to keep growing the sport in Chattanooga. Well, we're, we're really fortunate to have you and, you know, Richard, everybody goes through that, you know, that one year where you just still know, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you did it. Everybody goes through that. So we understand your year or the other, uh, across the interstate. We don't hold that against you. We're, we're, we're really, we're really glad to have you, uh, as a leader on, on the team. You also, you know, so you join CFC and then you join, you know, thinking, Hey, we're going to play Anissa's schedule and everything's fine. And we play one match and then all Hades breaks loose. Um, you know, 2020 was insane the summer, uh, with COVID and social justice issues and, uh, it, you know, incidents of police violence against, um, black citizens. And, you know, um, it had to be, I, 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 I can't imagine, I really literally cannot imagine what it would be like, um, going through all of that, um, while bringing a, a, a new daughter into the world and, uh, and then trying to play professional soccer. So, I, um, what was that like? Uh, you know, we've heard from some of the other players about what they went through over the summer and in the fall. But, you know, what was that like from your perspective? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, last year was a it was a tough time for everybody. You know, no matter w- whether you were in the U.S. in Chattanooga, um, in in Jamaica, anywhere in the world that you were last year was a it was a very hard year and people are still suffering, um, you know, the effects. But when you were only couple the, the pandemic, um, you know, of, of, when you couple the effects of the pandemic with people losing their jobs and, um, not, not able to, to see family and not able to, to go out and enjoy life with, with stuff that we see, we, we saw that was going on and it, it just, it hurt, you know, and, um, it's, it's one of those things where we obviously knew, knew that that stuff was, was, was happening and, 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 and it had always happened. Um, but I felt like last year just kind of magnified it a, a bit, you know, and it was something that, that needed, needed to be addressed and it needed to be acknowledged. And, um, I think that's, by watching all the sports from all around the world, you know, from soccer to, to basketball and, and, and all the different leagues, you saw players kind of started to, to take a stand to use their platform to kind of, you know, shed some light and, and, and to, to kind of bring some awareness to what's going on just to open some conversation. So yeah, that's, that's what basically the stand that we decided to take last year. And, um, it, it, it was it was a tough it was a tough decision you know for us in the way that we decided to do things. Um, obviously, we have a very mixed team, you know, of different nationalities, different races, and stuff like that. And um, me personally, it came to a point where you know I had teammates come into me that were struggling, you know, and crying, you know, finding it very hard to come into into work, you know, to come into training and 
and to do their job. And that's when we decided to sit, sit down as a team and have a conversation. And um, we decided to handle it the way that, that we did. So, you know, and I think it really, uh, you know, things happened, um, you know, the George Floyd killing, uh, Breonna Taylor losing her life to, to the, the police in, in Louisville. And then, you know, in August, the shooting of Jacob Blake um, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And that led to several um, teams and leagues um, kind of pausing play for a period of time. I know that uh, several teams decided to, to not play a game. Uh, we were planning to have a, a match against New Amsterdam. And mm-hmm. the day before, uh, they announced that, that they were not, you know, they were not going to come because they did not want to play. Um, and, and that was their team's way of dealing with uh, or making a stand. Um, that was not what the, our, you know, our club and our team wanted to do. And the club put out a statement, and I don't know, I'm sure you remember, they received some, some mm-hmm. flack online about that and uh, about the statement. And uh, how did you take that? that that whole series of events and um and and what did it mean for i guess for the team because i understand you know you had planned the team had planned to make a statement at the match and now the plans that the club had or the players had had to be adjusted what what was that week like going you know thinking you're going to have a match planning on making a statement and then at the last hour finding out that the other team wanted to make a statement in a different way. Yeah, and um, I think that's where the the the, the, the controversy kind of happened, where you know it, it seemed like they decided not not to play, and we were pushing to play, which was not the case at all. Because up until literally the last hour, um, and when I say the last hour, I mean we're finishing training the day before the game prepping for the game and then, you know, our general manager gets a phone call or an email saying that, you know, they're not going to come because of X. And that's why it, it that's why it kind of got blown out of proportion because we had fully intended to play that game uh, because at the time, a lot of people still had questions, you know, of, 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 um, of everything that was going on. People didn't understand why are players taking a knee um, before they play, um, what's all this, all this, um, protesting for? And so we wanted to use that game as a billboard, so to speak, you know, to kind of put out in front of the, I believe it was going to be at least 1500 people at the time there was 1500 tickets sold. So to our home, home fans, it was a chance for us to send a message, um, before the game just to explain, you know, give or, give or take on everything that was going on and, and, and why we, we, we decided to approach it that way. Um, and that was our plan as a team and as a locker room. You know, we sat down and talked about it. But then the last hour they decided uh, not to show. And we fully, we had, you know, we fully supported that. They didn't want to, they didn't want to show up and to play. And, um, yeah, we fully supported that. We had no problem with it. But had the plan gone the way that it, we thought it was going to go. We were planning on sending an even stronger message, you know, to the home fans and also obviously people watching through live stream and stuff like that. So we thought it was it was an opportunity to reach more people, if that makes sense. What? Uh, well, walk me through the the process. So after the after the match is canceled, you know, we we do or as the club and the players did do something. 
uh, um, that that Saturday got together. How did that come to, come about, and and what was uh, you know how, how did those plans happen? Yeah. So again, it was it was due to the fact that um, you know obviously when whenever New Amsterdam they decided not to show because you know they wanted to to use that action as their form of protest. Um, and then the club, our club had put out some statement and, you know, like you said, kind of got some backlash about it. And so that's when we as a team just decided to sit down and, um, you know, we were so grateful for the club and, you know, for the ownership and all the board members to give us that platform to, to use our voice because we still in the locker room had a lot of guys that were, you know, angry and uh, was very, very uh, hurt, you know, emotionally and otherwise. And so we sat down and we had a long, you know, two and a half, almost three hour conversation about it. And so we decided that, hey, if we if guys don't, even the guys in the locker room, if, if guys don't agree with the message that the, 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 the club put out and um, if, if, you know, fans and others that, are, that don't agree with the message that the the, the the club put out then let's send a message that truly comes from the players and let's let let let's express our thoughts and our feelings about what's really going on and um, we brought it up to the to, to Jeremy our managing director and um, you know he he talked to the board members and they turned over the club's platform to us and um, we were lucky to be able to kind of express some things um that the guys felt needed to be needed to be put out um on the club's platform so that's kind of how how that all came about it was all just sitting down you know and having dialogue and having guys express their 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 emotions and feelings to one another in in, in meetings and in locker rooms and, and different things like that yeah i remember you know i watched that uh when it happened and it um you know it meant a lot to hear uh, our players talk about their experiences. It it was uh, it was an impactful experience for me to sit and listen uh, to young men talk about the experiences they have had themselves or they have seen um, friends go through. Uh, you could tell for many people it, it was it's a very I mean it's going to be a raw emotion, right? I mean it's it's going to hit very um, deep to. Uh, to, to many folks. And so I, I really appreciated the club giving the, the players a platform. And then I appreciated the players taking it. It's not, I, I, you know, I cannot imagine how it's not easy to stand in front of a camera and talk about things that I can only imagine, you know, I, I have not, exp I have not experienced, you know, as a, as a, as a white man in this country, I have privileges that, that I need to recognize. And, you know, hearing, hearing the, the thoughts and the experiences of the players just reinforced that we got a lot of work to do. And a lot of that work needs to be done by people who look a lot like me. And I, um, and it meant a lot to me to hear you guys stand up and say it. And I wanted to appreciate, I wanted to just tell you, I appreciated, you know, your leadership, uh, Juan's leadership, and then the, you know, leadership of the club to allow you guys to, to talk about it. It, it really meant a lot. Um, and, uh, and, and I was looking forward to, and I, and I, I'm looking forward to hearing, really kind of what the club and what the players are going to be going to to do in the future. And let, let's move into to that a little bit. Just recently, NISA announced a, a new committee. Um, I'm going to botch. Let me, let me pull it up here. It's the, uh, well, I guess it's called the Equity Committee. Um, they announced the membership, mm -hmm. and I was pleased to see our club represented and 
who else would I want it to who want about our represent our representative to be but you? So could you talk a little bit about how how you find out found out about that and and what you know about the purpose of that committee going forward? Uh yeah. So the the um the equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, committee is a committee that Nisa re- recently put together just to kind of you know have a separate a, a separate uh, department of the league to deal with matters uh, as we're, we're we're discussing. And Nisa is obviously a, a growing league, and it's it's a league that is going to be growing rapidly over the next few years, and so. Um, I think it's a good move by the club to initiate something like this. Um, and the, so it, it, it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the league had sent an email to, out to Jeremy asking if, if, um, you know, there's anybody on the team that would, you know, he would recommend, um, to be selected to be on the committee. And they kind of, you know, threw my name in the email. And so Jeremy asked if I was interested. And, um, I, I was like, sure. Um, it's, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm obviously anything that, that is involved in the growth, you know, <laughs> the growth of the game and, and, and building to a better future. Um, whether it's here in Chattanooga or in the U.S. and just the game in general, I, I am a hundred percent for. And so, yeah, my name was tossed in the hat and, um, yeah, they decided to select me, and uh, I'm I'm privileged, and I'm and I'm I'm happy to be a part of this this very important committee, and looking forward to some exciting things. Um, and the way it's 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 gonna set up is we're gonna meet every quarter, um, you know, through Zoom and phone calls and stuff like that to discuss different things within the league. Um, as far as you know, I so the email it read as such. It said that I write to request the part, uh, I write to request your participation on the initial iteration of the NISA EDI committee. NISA has rapidly grown its foundation over the last 12 months. In doing so, we have redefined our platform of how we operate as announced at the end of 2020, as announced at the 2021 fall tournament. This includes a visible committee as an anti-racist organization to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and we want your insight. And so that's essentially what the the committee is going to be about. And so, um, I guess I guess you can say that based on everything that happened last year and kind of the stance, you know, that we took as a team and as a club, um, and obviously I kind of spearheaded uh, that effort, so to speak. Not that I was, you know, the, the, the main speaker or anything like that. I just so happened to, to see guys struggling and, and, and see guys having a very hard time, you know, with things that were out of, out of our control and out of their control and decided that, hey, it's time that we talk about this, you know, this is really affecting people and it's time that we have a conversation about this to see how we can, how we can not only help the guys here on the team in the locker room, but how can we help to change, to change, um, you know, Chattanooga first and which has been our approach since day one. How can we change Chattanooga first before we worry about anything outside? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to different conversations here on this committee and different efforts to help to, to kind of, you know, make things better on a whole for everybody, black, white, yellow, purple, and all of us, 
included. Could you talk a little bit about uh, the the plans going forward for for the club? Uh, have the players talked a little bit about you know what the, what you will do um, going forward to try to use the club as a vehicle to address some of those issues in the Chattanooga area? Yeah. So after having a few a, a few a couple conversations, we haven't really um, talked in great details about you know, what we're going to do, we just talked about approach, you know. And so Jeremy, myself, and Juan, we, we, we've been, been talking since last year, you know, since the, the since we made that first uh, statement on the league, on the club's platform. It's, we've been ha- having continued conversation about how can we, how can, how can we help to, to how can we help to make change and, the approach that we we see best, you know, is, is most appropriate is for us to focus on Chattanooga first, um, because what we find, you know, is that obviously all around the the different leagues around the world, you know, you see all the players, you know, we 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 take a knee before the game, before kickoff, just to show solidarity to everything that's going on. But still, when the cameras are off. You know, people just kind of go back to their daily lives, you know, and uh, nothing is done when the cameras are off. Yeah, is where I'm going with this. And so we 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 decided that we're gonna have take a different approach, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna impact Chattanooga first. And once that grows into something that we see it's it's you know people are it's impacting and it's it's making positive change, then we'll worry about how can we now make that bloom. And, and carry on to the outside. And so we've selected, you know, we're in the process of selecting a few, a few organizations and a, um, a, a few different groups that, that we're going to work with as a team, you know, and we're going to have a few guys on different days. We'll, we'll go and work with different organizations, um, and just contribute our time and our energy and, 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 uh, and, and, and everything we can to those organizations. Um, and spend, just spend time with family and families and kids and stuff like that. And so that's kind of the approach that, 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 that we're going to take. And so the list of organization right now is, is, is pretty long. And so, uh, the, the, the key goal right now is to narrow that down to about 10 organizations, just so it's manageable for, for, for the, for the team, for the squad of 25 guys. So we're not spreading everybody too thin and not getting anything done. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that, and and you know, I I will certainly you know volunteer to help in any way that that I can. If there's a way that we can use this platform to amplify what you guys are doing, or if I could join in and help, or you know, provide any 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 assistance or support, um, don't don't hesitate to reach out. It's it's something that mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I think is it's well within the mission of what this club is about to to go out and impact the community and use the use the game of soccer to to make a difference and i can't think of many you know many better people than uh than you and some of our other players that to go out there and and share your thoughts um and support uh, with the community so i'm lo- really looking forward to to hearing more about that uh when uh when you guys are ready to announce it yeah yeah for sure and um you know the for, for for what the club is you know and that's one of the things that attracted me to this club um is you know, CFC is, is a club that's 
owned by the community and and it's for the community and you know some of the things that I've experienced here at this club I've never experienced that you know any other club that I've been a part of in my 10 years of being a pro and so it's it's you know whenever things like like this come up and and having seen the support from all the community and and from all the fans and everybody that's involved in the club it just truly shows what this club is really about you know and and we really appreciate we really appreciate you guys um you know not just supporting us on the field but but off the field you know with different things that 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 needs to get done and so yeah we're looking forward to it you know like i said we have we have a a, a few organizations that that we're kind of not narrowing down right now to make connections and to see how we can contribute best. Um, a couple of those are, you know, Community Kitchen, Chattanooga Food Bank, Chattanooga Endeavors, Chattanooga Room at the end, mm-hmm. Humane Society, CoLab, uh, Launch Chattanooga, Chattanooga Preps, and the list goes on and on. And so, um, anybody that knows anybody in any of those organizations that you know, can connect us, uh, please, please do so. And uh, we're, we're just looking to get to work in Chattanooga and to make Chattanooga a better place um, so that when we go on the road, we can we can carry Chattanooga with us and, and help to impact change all over the U.S. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear it. I, you know, I really can't wait. Uh, if we can segue into, you know, the, the, the game on the pitch or the activities on the pitch, we had – Three? Do we have three or four preseason friendlies? Now that I've lost track, we, we've had four so far. Yeah, four. Okay, good grief. Um, so what? What? Uh, I guess from from your from your perspective, how how did those friendlies go? What did uh, what did you find out about the about the team, and and how do you think that sets us up for the the NISA tournament starting on Tuesday? Yeah, um, you know, four really good friendlies. I would say when you look at the the preseason schedule from last year to this year, it's it's almost it's night and day. Um, you know, we played two USL Championship uh, teams and uh, and one MLS team, and then we played an Academy um, KSA from Atlanta, who was a very good team, very very good team. And so, um, you know, Coach Fuller said it best that he he set this this preseason schedule up not so much that we could find out anything about any other team. It was mainly just so we could find out who we are, mm-hmm. which which obviously is a big deal with having having, you know, so many new players on the team. Um and just kinda trying to figure out different tendencies and and different things that guys like to do and and like not to do. So, you know, we played Birmingham our first game and uh it was it was all over the shop. You know, we were one week in preseason. Um, and everybody was fit and sharp for the most part, but you could just, you could just see that we, we, we had been off for four months. Yeah. Um, it was all over the shop and, uh, you know, some really good things happened, but there was a lot of things that, that got exposed in that game. Um, and then as, as we, you know, grew into, into the preseason and, uh, grew into the, the, the next game and the next game and the next, uh, in front of the fans, the last one was, was against Louisville. Um, we saw a lot of good things, you know, and, and then we saw a few things that were, were, were not so good, obviously, as the game progressed. And so that's kind of how Coach Fuller set, set their preseason up. He wanted, he wanted the games to be very challenging. 
he didn't want us to go in and play in another kind of independent cup setting like we did last year, mm-hmm. um, where we played a lot of the other amateur teams, you know, around the, the region and won all the games. And then we went on the road the first game and, um, we were all over the shop against Michigan Stars, um, away at their place last year. And so, Definitely, I think it's been it's been a very good preseason, a very challenging one with with some 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 high level teams, which it exposed a lot of things that we we need to work on, and we have been working on those things, and um, it, it's been it's been a very progressive preseason. I'm I'm looking forward to the first game on Tuesday. So, I think what the, what what you guys saw on uh, against Louisville, we should be looking for more more of that you know high high energy, good defensively. Very disciplined and you know high level, high energy attack. So now it's just uh, can we do it for ninety minutes instead of sixty? Would be would be would be our challenge going into the tournament. So we've got a number of new faces on on the team. Uh, anybody anybody you feel like that the the supporters ought to watch out for uh, going into Tuesday? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, we have added some, we definitely have added some, some weapons, um, to our team. And I think it, it's no surprise, you know, when I'm on the field and I'm hearing, um, you know, all, all, all our fans yelling at the Louisville players, don't hurt James. Um, <laughs> James Kasak on the left side, you know, the guy has an engine, um, you know, bombing up and down that, that, that left flank and, and, you know, putting in some really, really good crosses. So I think he'll be a very dangerous player for us this season. Um, him and Cam Woodfin, um, you know, playing on the right. I think with the way that we play and the way that our system is set up, well, once we get those guys nice and nice and high and wide on the field, you see some really good creative attacking player from the from the pair of them. Um, another player to look out for is, is Marcus um, Nagelstad. Up top, you know, he, he's, he's a, he's a goal scorer, he's a finisher. And I think once he finds his, his groove and gets, you know, finds his own rhythm, we're, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see some, some, some really, uh, good stuff from him scoring a lot of goals. And then, you know, you have Tate, um, Robertson sitting there in the midfield, just bossing things around. So yeah, um, looking forward to it. Some, some really good, some really good additions that, that I think the club and you guys will be very, very excited, very, very excited to see. Yeah, and so we're moving right into it. And you know, when the when the format was announced for the the tournament, it, it kind of they raised some eyebrows. You know, you've got three groups of three, mm-hmm. and you only play two matches before before you go to the knockout stage. Uh, what mm-hmm. does that What does that do? What does that mean for that first? You know, that eight o'clock on Tuesday. I mean, it's it's real and it's on and it's a team it's against a team that probably feels like they owe us something after the fall tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> very, you know, we, we, we all have the questions, you know, still every day. Um, you know, I think our schedule is set up uh, with the two games this week. And then if we win those two games, we're ha- we'll have a week off or something like that, which yeah. is a strange one. But you know, it's, it's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And um, regardless of, you know, how the schedule is set up. We have to go in and we have to take care of business each and every game. And so, um, coming out against LA on Tuesday, we have to, we're going to have to be on top of our game. Um, you know, we know they're a good team. We know, we know they can, they can, they can keep the ball. We know they can punish us 
um, if we allow them time on the ball. Obviously, we played them in the last tournament and we won two nils, but you know we have to look at, at facts. And the fact is, we we were a man up for a majority of the game, um, and we also won on two set pieces. You know, which is which is a good thing. I'm not taking that away from us. Um, but now we, you know, never playing down. All all of that is behind us, and now we're looking at a really good team that's coming in with something to prove against us. You know, at on our our home field, and so we have to go out. Um, you know, we have to go out on top of our game, firing all cylinders in every department of the game. You know, defensively, um, attacking wise, and 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 all different departments. And so we're we're looking forward to it. We're ready. We're ready for it. We're prepared and. Um, it's just now a matter of going out and executing it and, and being focused and taking care of our, of our tasks individually and collectively. So how, how different is it going, knowing, so you mentioned last year we were, we played, you know, the independent cup, we played against uh, two or three or three uh, amateur sides and then went on the road and, and discovered that the pro, you know, the pro game's different than the, the teams that we were, we were playing against, but we had other games. You know, we we you know the team had to say, okay, well, listen, we got to come back, and because we had Detroit the next week, you knew if you won that mm-hmm. game, okay, you can you can kind of move forward and 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 do what we did, what we ended ended up doing, which was being like the number one seed out of the East, because, but now right. you go into that one game, you and you if you lose that, you I mean the the tournament's pretty much. It's pretty much over. So, how is the, how does what is the mindset? How how does the how how's the team got to get prepared for that change of or that different way of playing? Yeah, I, you know, um, you know, going into, into last season, you know, from the Independent Cup to 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 Michigan, um, it obviously you know we had gone in and and like you said, it was different from playing against amateur and pro teams, and I think that. You know, we took it took us some time to to recognize that we went in confidence high. You know, everybody is is momentum is going our way, and then we kind of got smacked in the face. You know, but had a little time to come and rebound. But I think that now this preseason coach has done a really good job of setting us up to where we are looking up. You know, and not feeling comfortable. So. The, all the games that we've had, you know, they're, they're against high-level opponents um, at, you know, the championship and MLS level, and we have we we have had a preseason where we've had to fight, you know, we've really had to compete um, against good players, um, against good teams individually, you know, we've all had to be on the top of our game this preseason, um, and granted, we lost all those games. You know, besides time KSA, we lost all the all the friendlies against USL Championship and and uh, and against Atlanta United. But um, like I said, it's a it's been, it has been a very progressive uh, preseason because we've been getting better and better and better every single game and every single week. And I think that carrying this attitude and this momentum over into uh, Tuesday, it will it will it will be a better it will be a better setup for us compared to last year. So what do you what do you think Fuller is going to be saying that you know we've gotten a little glimpse those of us who are not in the locker room or not on the sideline are getting a, a a much better glimpse into the club and to into Coach Fuller with the no matter what um, um, documentary that we've been watching. So what do you think is going to be telling the team um, 
you know, but when you get ready to go out on the, on Tuesday night? Oh man. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think all, all our talking have been done this week, you know, our, our, this past week, um, with, with coming off, coming off for the loser game and then working on some things that we've been needing to work on. And obviously, you know, the documentary kind of, you know, shows some, so some of the things that happened behind the scene, but, um, you know, this week in particularly, he, he had, he had to, he had to really get into guys, um, more so than, than he normally would. And so I, I think that most of the talking is already done because I, I, I think we're in a place right now where guys really don't want to see that side of him anymore. So <laughs> coming in, you know, going in, going in tomorrow, it will be a nice day before the game preparation and uh, going in on Tuesday. We've already done all the talking all preseason. We've already put in all the hard work, you know, double sessions on the field and, uh, you know, double sessions in the gym as well. Uh, so all, all, all the foundation work has been done and all the talking has been done. And the, 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 the only thing I can see coach Fuller saying on Tuesday is, you know, it's now time for action. You know, it's now time to go and execute. And so, um, you know, just making sure that we're, we're working hard for one another and we're cleaning up each other's mistakes and, uh, making each other look good. Uh, so we can go out there and, 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 and put on a good performance, uh, for the club and for the city. Well, hopefully after the match, you, there'll be some singing. Although I don't know if we need Reddington singing, but you know the so, you know, so, somebody can sing after after. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, singing. we'll yeah we'll be sure they will be sure to get to get so, somebody you know that could put out a good show. <laughs> uh, thank you guys. Hey, it's it's been a real pleasure to talk with you and, and to to get a little bit of insight into you know what you know what you um and the club and the team are going to be doing. You know, there's some you know it's you know we we ended on you know the game and the and the fun, which is you know the playing the on the field and competing and hopefully winning. You know that that's the fun of it. But there's some serious work that has to be done, and I you know I appreciate you and and the other members of the team you know wanting to engage the community in, in some of that tough work and using the platform that uh, that you have as a professional athlete and you have uh, in the city, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to, to have you on our team and, and really proud of the players. And so, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Anything else that, that you feel like, um, you, you want to cover b- before we, uh, sign off right now? Um, yeah, just one thing, um, you know, for me, professional sports, um, I can't even really say so much, you know, uh, amateur or collegiately or whatever, but professional sports soccer in, spe- in specific because uh, I'm a football player um it's the one place right now for me that I can see it doesn't matter your skin color you know um if you're black if you're white if you're asian if you're mexican if you're whatever as as long as you can come in and you can get you can get the job done you know, you're going to be a part of the team. You know, you're going to be a part of the family. You're going to be included and you're going to be taken care of. And so, you know, that's what we're all about. You know, whenever we break it down every day, we break it down with family. And, um, 
it's not it's not that we we always agree with one another you know sometimes if you if you see us in training you know you would think that man there's no way these guys um spend time with each other off the field you know there's no way these guys like each other because you know we we don't always agree on things you know but as long as you know we can we can end the day agreeing on the point or disagreeing on the point and call on and 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 leaving knowing that we just worked we just worked on something you know that tomorrow is going to be better and the next day is going to be better and at the end of the season you know hopefully we can win a trophy um you know i think that approach is is what we as athletes would like to see you know, would like to see happen in the world you know it is just people working together you know working together to 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 achieve one goal and it doesn't matter if 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 you're 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 you have different views or your skin color is different or whatever than the other person as long as you can agree that hey we're going to make this this city better or we're going to make this club better or you know whatever the task is and then just work towards that i think this world would be a better place man you know and and that's a lot of the things that we talk about as a team you know is is that we all don't agree on a lot of things but but the one thing we agree on is we 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 all love soccer and we all love playing CSC and so every day we come in we're going to work like heck to make the product better so we can go out and win games and 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 make this club better and make the city better and so that's kind of the approach that we want to take to everything that's going on is you know we want to work together to make the club and the city better and to make other people's lives better and so that's essentially what we want to rub off on other people you know and that's what we want what what we would like to change and how we would like to approach change and and um approach this situation um in Chattanooga if that makes sense it makes perfect sense and it's you know like i've said a couple of times already i you know i am uh, proud to have uh you know an individual a player like you um you know as as one of the leaders of the team and you know you and Juan and are clearly you know the just you know leading the guys in um and you know again I'm just I'm just proud to have players and people like you uh impacting the the club and involved in the club so it was a real honor and privilege to talk with you I hope I hope we get to talk with you again in the future um, maybe after, maybe after you guys lift uh, a trophy, uh, in a couple of weeks, um, we can, you know, we can have you on and, and, and talk about, and talk about that. So again, oh, it was, yes. it was, Absolutely. let's mark the date. Let's mark the date. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, I'll, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. It's going to be, it's going to be really great. And, uh, a lot of soccer in, in, in a, a little bit of time, a lot of matches, I, I don't know if you'll be watching a whole lot outside of uh, outside of what you see in front of you when you're playing, but um, for for fans of of Nisa and for fans of the other clubs, there's going to be a lot of soccer over the next couple of weeks, and I'm glad it's here in Chattanooga and and uh, wish you guys the best, and we'll be there cheering for the Blue on Tuesday night. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it, it's been a, a a very good conversation, and I would love to to have more conversations like this going forward um if uh god willing so thank you so much and uh appreciate and and we love so much you guys support and um we'll be laying it all down on the field for you guys come tuesday and friday and thereafter so um looking forward to seeing you guys out there all right thanks a lot richard
Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And again, thanks to Richard for taking time out of his weekend. He had just gotten back from training and he had had a couple of hours before before he was going to be added again to uh and to or he, a couple hours off before actually family time and I was like well I you know he's got a little one I know what family time is like so I appreciate him taking a little bit of his personal time uh that that he was probably looking forward to uh resting a little bit and spending that with me which you know again I don't know if anybody it's mentally else. exhausting by all accounts. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So anyway, I appreciate him and I appreciate him spending a little bit of time um, with, with me. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really bummed that, that I, I missed out on the interview, but you know, it's, it's, it's like we say, right. I mean, we, we try to do everything we can and sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, and uh, but uh, I, I'm excited to hear the interview myself and, uh, uh, and uh, I trust it was it was done with the utmost integrity, probably more integrity since I wasn't there to break <laughs> in with uh, uh, comedic takes and uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, well, I think the only thing again, uh, for, for my part, thanks again to, to Richard, and I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Yeah, the the only, the only other news I have to, that I can think of to really talk about would be the the kit reveal. I mean, let's let's talk about it. This is this is a hot topic. Are we going to talk about are we going to talk about the hot topic that it is, or are we going to talk about other things? Um, is there is there something else to talk about besides the fact that it's a hot topic? Uh, let's talk about it being a hot topic. Go. Okay, I don't know. You, you talk about it being a hot topic. Oh, oh, now you're going to put it off on me. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, start. So first of all, let's talk about the kits in general. Uh, we got a Hummel Hummel um, kit, just like we had last year. Yes. Uh, I thought the rollout, in terms of like the the video, I thought was good. Um, you and I, we may have known that the sponsor was going to be uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce. For those of you that don't know, uh, it is Louisiana Hot Sauce, and uh, it's if you think about their traditional uh, logo, it is a blued version of of that. Uh, so uh, I've heard some different different takes on this. Uh, I've heard uh, some people that really really like the kit and are excited about it. Especially, uh, you know, there's I think it's a good deal for CFC in terms of uh, sponsorship. But, you know, some people are disappointed that, you know, we've rode with VW for quite some time. And, you know, anytime you're going to have change, there's going to be uh, some controversies and people that, that don't like it very much. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of you want to keep your sponsorship local, and that's great. But it's also, no, no matter what, at the end of the day, it's like you still have to make – you have to be in the black at, at the at the end of everything. And – from, from what we understand, this is, it was a, a multi-year deal uh, with Louisiana Hot Sauce, and it, and it was a good deal for the club. Uh, so I think um, when you look at the totality of it, I think it's probably a good move. And, you know, there's been some uh, people that are disgruntled that it's not a local brand, and th that's true. Uh, we, we've seen other instances of, of uh, you know, one of the things that brings to mind is uh, the Portland Timbers have Alaska Air. <laughs> Alaska Airlines is a kit sponsor, so you know we've seen other examples of uh, sponsorships that aren't exactly local or identify as local. 
Uh, what, what's your what's your take on? So first, first, let me gently push back on this not local stuff, because I mean the brand has Louisiana in the name, which of course, um, we we're not in Louisiana. Louisiana is not local to Tennessee. We're not in Louisiana, so the brand is Louisiana Louisiana hot sauce. <laughs> so um, I get that part, but the company that owns the brand is in Rome, Georgia. So 45 minutes from Chattanooga. Yes. So for those of you who geographically do not know where Rome is, it's about 45 minutes from Chattanooga. Correct. Yes. Do almost due south. But so it's, um, so, so the, the company that own directly owns the brand is in, in, uh, Rome, Georgia. That's Summit Hill Foods, I believe. And then there is some relationship between Summit Hill and Graincraft and Graincraft is a company that's located right here in Chattanooga. So it's not as well pushback accepted. <laughs> it's not as unlocal as, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because it's Louisiana hot sauce. We are in Tennessee that you have Louisiana on your, you have the name of another state on the front of your kit. That is strange. The logo itself doesn't is a little clunky. Because it's, it's anytime you have got a square logo, I think on a kit, it's round logos just look so much better on a soccer kit. And we had probably the best. If you want to talk about just a brand, uh, just a logo, I can't think of a better logo to put on the front of a soccer kit uh, than VW. It just it doesn't it, it doesn't yeah. it almost doesn't even look like a sponsor. It it just it just fits on a soccer kit, and like most round logos do. So, okay, I'm going to gently push back. I mean, it's Rome, Georgia, and then Graincraft is here in Chattanooga. Uh, it's actually... Excellent, excellent back study, my friend. <laughs> and Graincraft is on Main Street in Chattanooga. So, 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 so gently push back. Now, let's, but let's, so we've talked about that. Now talk just about the kit itself, just the shirt. Outside of the fact okay. of the, of the, of the, um, of, of the, the logo on the front, just the shirt. Um, uninspiring. Is that a word that you would use? I mean, the only real thing about it is it's got a collar, which we've had several collars in the past. It's got a little dash. Excuse me. It's got a little dash of sky blue. It's got a tri-star on the back. <clears throat> excuse me. It's got a tri-star kind of on the back of the neck. And that's about it. Yeah, as far as, like, I think when we look at the all-time kit rankings, I don't think this thing's going to break the top five by by any stretch. It's just, yeah, I think the hottest thing on it is the hot sauce for sure. <laughs> and I think, yeah, uninspired, that, that's that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with, with that, and, and I'm not going to disagree with you too much. And, you know, and, and maybe that's harsh. Uh, and I, I know, you know, whoever designed it, created is going to be like, you know, take that personally. And and sorry about that. But you know, the precedent has been set uh, over the past like 10 years that, that our kit uh, generally look really classy and and pop. And you know, and I, I'll put our kits up uh, in the past up against anybody. Um, Having said that, if we look at some of the kits that have been coming out from uh, some of the uh, other teams, and we joke that some of these are T-shirt companies uh, more than they are soccer clubs, and, and I do believe that is true. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the, the bar for, for kit just keeps getting raised every year, and yeah. we see some really creative things coming out 
and you know MLS is not exactly where where they're shining the most, but actually no. in the lower leagues where we are, and uh, and you know some of the kit suppliers, like I mean, I look at some of the ones that Icarus has came out with, mm-hmm. and these are just um, they're really really well done. Yeah. Uh, and um and Maryland so, Maryland you know, the, the Maryland bar- Maryland yeah. laid down a marker with their with their kits. They they've got some they nice shirts. One hundred percent. Yeah. Now to be fair, they, they they do get a nice uh, color palette to work with, and and we've seen the University of Maryland use those colors over the years to do some pretty wild stuff with. But yeah, the the, the fighting bobs are definitely coming with uh, <laughs> with the kit uh, kit creativity this year, and they look really good. Um, so I think, as I was saying, you know, the the kit design just keeps getting the bar keeps getting raised every year, and uh, so that's going to always keep designers on their toes. And there's going to be years where you know they they don't hit the mark 100, uh, percent and and we'll find out. I'm sure it'll come out, you know, what they were uh, if they themselves that's what they were going for, or maybe not. There might have been limitations with what they could do with the logo. Uh, there's all these things that we're not privy to other than the end product, but uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, will I still get one? Yeah, probably. Uh, we got there are two more things though. One, the keeper kit. Right there is. Yeah, I feel okay. The keeper kit, I feel very different about. Yeah. And <clears throat> I don't know how long we're gonna push back on push this topic back, but uh, there's a certain co- color palette that the keeper kit falls in and certain sponsorship on a sponsor board that we saw this past weekend that no one has said anything about. Am I wrong? Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, it's funny, you know, I go back to the sponsor boards. Did you know, I mean, no one, no one, including me who knew, I did not even pick up that VW wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in the ground until I went back and looked at the pictures and I was like, wait a minute, there's no VW here. There's a pretty big hint that uh, something was, something was, was changing. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I, I think that's probably why you and I did not pick up on the lack of, of VW um, signage in the last stadium. <laughs> uh, but the, there was other signage that we saw real quick that should have tipped the cap. Yeah, but we can't, we can't, we can't talk about that. I mean, all I can say, all, all we, all we can say is that the the keeper kit, the pink kit, um, I think is sharp. My young, my younger son really likes it. So if the Utes like it, then that's probably a good sign. It is, and, and I like how they they did the black and white logo with yeah. the um, uh, Louisiana hot sauce. I like that. I thought that came off really well, and yeah, I'm not a pink guy. Yeah, but the, uh, I I still think it looks I still think it looks good. Like I, I, that's just not in my color palette. Yeah, my my only my only critique of that is that there's a the transparent logo is kind of the the crest is transparent so you can see the pattern through it. It's a little hard to read, but other than that, I mean it's it's a it's fine. I mean it's it's a cool kit. I think people will like it when they see it in person. The pictures of of it, you know, it really like in the store, the the pictures that have been in the store, it really pops. So it, it um I, I think that's gonna be cool. The second thing that's missing, though, is our ways. They were not <laughs> released, so that's going to be interesting. And I, and well, to be fair, we should be in home kit for the first three games, possibly four. Why will we be in the home kit for all three? Because we're, we're at home all those games. Not, okay, we. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I don't. I just. I just know that. 
you know, if if you've listened to some other podcasts, there's um the there's appear to be some Nisa some big Nisa announcements over the over the course of the tournament. I I bet there's I bet there's going to be some other big announcements from at at some of the club levels. So I'm just I'm excited for the on the field stuff and I'm excited for the off the field stuff too. So Look, all I'm going to say is if you didn't scan the signage boards and if nothing popped up, popped out at you, then you weren't paying attention. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. Todd, we don't want to steal the but, thunder. I mean, we don't want to steal any thunder now. <coughs> I don't know. It's something I've got in my throat. Hey, you know what? I did not consider that, but uh, maybe uh, what we're seeing is probably an advantage for CSC. Uh, it is uh, the the time of pollination here in the south. Yeah. And although some would, it may appear like a sandstorm sweeping across the uh, <laughs> the Tennessee Valley. It's just pollen. Yeah, it's just so, pollen. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see players going down in in the game and uh, hacking up uh, pine cones. So. Yeah. I, I I did spend I did spend a little bit of time outside with the with the pup. She wanted to be out there, so that may be what this is, but. So you you got you got anything else? You know, when we uh, right now we're at an hour and ten minutes in the recording. That's about perfect. Wait a minute, but that's what we haven't included the interviews we've done yet. So I was like, Uh, I was like, okay. So I I guess I guess what you're saying is we better put a bow on this thing, or it's going to be a three-hour episode. (laughs) Well, what I what I was going to say was like when I when we got on, I was like, oh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, and then. We end up having like an hour and forty-five minute episode, which hey, which we is, don't have to have a lot to talk about to talk a lot about it. Right, right? I was going to say that's, that's pretty not a on prerequisite. Yeah, that was um, what I was about to say was that's on brand for us. So, so if you've made it this far, um, congrats. Anything else, Todd? Before we wrap, <clears throat> before we wrap this up, because I know you've you've got fifty-four minutes of freedom before you go on call. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I go and call at seven o'clock, and uh, like I told you, all bets are off then. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, yeah, let's just wrap oh, it there up. There is something else. What? There, there is something else. Let me let me touch base on this real quick. Uh, I went to uh, two local high school games last week. I saw Dalton oh, versus yeah. Baylor. So you have a yes, you have a private school that is uh, located in Chattanooga, usually well known for uh, quality high school soccer teams. Uh, that competed at a high level in Tennessee, and uh, they played Dalton High School, which is uh, one of the top five teams in the country. They got smacked. Um, they, they did. They did. Uh, Dalton had them down three to nothing in the first 15 minutes, 4-0 at halftime. Uh, and it, finally, it, it appeared to me that Baylor kind of got pragmatic in the second half and just wanted to stop letting in goals, and they kind of packed the bus. And maybe in the second half, they got it out of uh, their end of the field maybe four or five times. Uh, and uh, Dalton only managed one more goal in the second half. So final score is five to nothing. Uh, the other match I went to uh, featured uh, two top five in schools in uh, Georgia, and I believe uh, Southeast Whitfield also top ten uh, in the country uh, as well. Uh, so uh, and those are those are cross county rivals. Uh, that game uh, was was an outstanding game. Uh, Northwest took the lead in the first half. Uh, and honestly, had uh, a lot more of the quality chances in the first half. Going to the second half, uh, Southeast equalized on a on a screamer from about oh I'd say uh, it was from the corner of the 18, so to the far post. Uh, so I'd say that was a, a nice 25-yard shot, equalized it, 
and then uh, pulled ahead with about 10 minutes to go. Uh, the game got uh, pretty scrappy, uh, ended 2-1 to one Southeast Whitfield, and uh, uh, had a little scuffle after uh, after the match was over. And uh, one thing that, that you and I have talked about in this uh, this podcast, and, we've, we, and we, we talk about a, a lot about, you know, uh, social issues and that sort of thing, and we, we've talked about it before, and, and the only reason I'm saying this word is so we can all be on the same page about what we're talking about. Uh, I was shocked, and I put it out on social media. I touched base with the Southeast Whitfield administrator as well as the head coach over Twitter and uh, had favorable responses from both of them. But I did hear the student body uh, scream the word. No, uh, no, the, the, P, the P word? Let's just say the P okay, word. Yeah, yeah. We, you, you, yeah, we can say the P word. You can mute me out. So the P word there, uh, and that would be the Spanish P word. Yeah. Uh, it was really disheartening. I couldn't believe that I heard it, although I'll point out I probably should never be the thing you know, uh, surprised by the things that kids say because they learn them from the adults. Uh, so, but uh, the administrator was already aware of it and they have already been handling that issue. Uh, so, and the Southeast Whitfield coach uh, echoed the exact same thing that uh, anytime they hear it, uh, they are really quick to go and uh, take the legs out from under that. So I was glad to hear it. Uh, but, you know, for, for those of you who think that, that that only exists on, like, some big international stage, uh, you know, games played in, uh, you know, at Azteca or, you know, somewhere like that, that's not. That that has kind of permeated the even down to the local high school soccer scene. And uh, and once again, if you, if you see something, say something. Uh, it, it, and, you know, just because – uh, just because it's at you know, your local hospital soccer game, that doesn't make it okay. So, um, but I, I just want to uh, commend them for being open to hearing that, as well as already being aware of it and uh, uh, doing what they can to curtail that. Well, and let's end on a positive note by again congratulating uh, a fellow Chattahooligan coach. Yes. With a win. Yeah, Amanda Moore. Amanda uh, with yes, a. Uh, with the Her, uh, the Bruins win your alma mater, right? Yes, that's right. So they uh, the girls. Uh, I didn't mean to look over that. Uh, come through with the four to one win uh, over Southeast Whitfield, and it just turned out that both of those games determined the region championship. Although all four teams uh, will go on to uh, to the, uh, the state, state tournament, uh, so some really high quality stuff. But uh, some amazing statistics. Uh, that was actually the first region goal. Uh, that had been scored against the Lady Bruins. Oh, think, really? Uh, Lost Chattahooligans. Yes, Lost Chattahooligans put out the stat that they had outscored their region opponents this year 41-1. to So uh, hats off to uh, all the uh, quality soccer being played around this region from Chattanooga uh, in the 423 property just south of us in the 706. So uh, a lot of good stuff uh, be- being done. So, hey, if you got something you want uh, local uh, that you want us to – to cover or to, to talk about, uh, hit us up and we'll be more than happy to, to talk about it. We can't be, we're just two dudes that uh, produce a podcast that probably shouldn't be. Uh, and we, there's a lot of stuff we don't get to. So uh, if you want to talk about it, hit us up and we'll be more than happy to cover it. And with that, Todd, let's wrap it up again. I'll try to wrap it up. We always wrap it up for like 30 sure. minutes. <laughs> so, yep. so 30 minute wrap job. that's right. We'll see everybody at Finley on Tuesday. And until then, Go CFC. Go Blue.